0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tannen. What do you do? We had a pretty busy damn week in Philly sports. We did. Um, We had Sixers devastation and then elation in the same week. Indeed. Uh, I don't know how they lost to the Raptors. And then they rest indeed and harden against the Heat. And Tyrese Maxi decides that he's going to let Jesus possess him mm. and win. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I, as you know, I am a big Maxi fan. So, yeah, that was a great game. I actually had an accounting quiz. And I texted Chip because I got the ESPN notification saying that the Sixers won. And I said, so you're telling me that the Sixers won? And he said, yep. I said, and they didn't play Embiid or Harden. And he said, yep. I said, was anyone out against the Heat? Nope. Huh. That was the exchange. Yeah, that's it. And it was was more of disbelief, so be that as it may be that as it may. We'll talk about the Sixers a little bit. Uh what was really happening and for the love of god their transition defense has been awful. Mm. So we'll get into what has to improve before the end of the season. There's only what 10 games left at this point.
1: Roughly. Yeah, roughly. So we're we're uh, we're coming on the home stretch here. Well, <clears throat>
2: I'm excited. And you know what else? Uh we should be excited for Baseball. It's back. Apparently John
0: Middleton and his confidence are back. Apparently. Um you know, uh, we we had always asked, did, did he have the cojones to go and go ahead and go over the luxury tax? Well he did. He did. Uh, so he did. He signed Kyle Schwarber and he signed Nick Castellanos. And I don't know how to feel about it, frankly.
1: I mean, listen, I love it. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a Phillies fan, you know these last few years especially. Like I know we've gone through a rebuild for almost we haven't made the playoffs in over ten years. Um, but these last few, especially with Harper on the team, um,
0: we've just we've choked the season away multiple times. So Well, um, I think that that the like going off of that, like my biggest question is like, is it really that close? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I mean, you know to, to see Middleton do that and actually, you know, uh, you know, go over the tax and, you know, where he's finally willing to do that. uh, It shows me that he's, you know, he believes in this team and, um, you know, we'll see what happens during the season,
2: but I'm for right now, uh, I I love it. Well, that's going to be fun.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe just maybe. Uh, a season won't be choked away again, but we'll see. We'll see. Then the Eagles signed Zach Pascal. That was a weird signing. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, and I don't mean that as in the as in the Phillies way. I mean like, why? Uh, I just think it was a cheap, cheap option. Um,
1: you know, he's a guy that can play the slot. He's a guy that um has been a red zone threat before. Um, and he's a guy that knows the offense. I mean, Nick Siorani Sir- was with him in Indianapolis when they were there. Um, so I think it's just a cheap, you know, another option that they could have in the wide receiver room. Um, doesn't mean they're not going to get a wide receiver in the draft or, you know. Uh, but it was just a, a cheap option that, that has familiarity with the coaching staff.
0: We'll talk about some other NFL moves that happen, but I do have an interesting tidbit about uh, Zach Pascal. And I want to hear your opinion about it a little bit later in the podcast. Okay. Finally, we wrap up our introduction with, thank you, Claude Giroux. Yeah. You know, there were good times over the last, I don't know, 12, 15 years. He was with them since 08, I think, so 14 he years at this point. Drafted in 2006. Oh, did he make his debut in 08? thought I read that. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Um, anyways, I have a lot of memories being with my friends in high school, watching the flyers, big part of my life. Um,
2: the year against, uh, when we lost to the Islanders in seven, mm-hmm. they were bad years. Don't get me
0: wrong. I, I thought the Hackstall years were extremely boring. Uh, going to the stadium series was probably one of my favorite flyers memories of all time.
2: Claude Giroux scoring that game-winning goal in overtime after coming back down 3-1 to one with like two minutes left. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few Philly athletes that for some reason get super disrespected all the time. But he was Philly through and through. Thanks for everything. I couldn't have said it better
0: myself. So, I mean, we haven't really talked Flyers this year. I've been dissociated from hockey because of how bad the Flyers have been. And this is the first year, and Chip can witness this. This is probably the first year since he's met me that I haven't even talked hockey to him at all. Yeah. I mean, for good reason. I know, but, like, I I feel like kind of a piece of crap for doing it because it's like I've always liked hockey, and this year I'm just like, nope, don't care.
2: Don't really well, care.
1: again, it's not like we're not fans. It's just, it's hard to watch a team you love so much struggle the way that the Flyers are. And, you know, it's not something that you can watch on a nightly basis. So, you know, it, yeah, we feel bad not watching, but I mean, it's hard. <laughs> and now, and, you know, now, now on top of it, you're trading, you're trading your captain who's been here for the last 15 years. So, you know, it's just, um... It's it's a tough situation to be in if you're a Flyers fan,
0: and you know. But I think this is something that, that had to happen. And um, well, I, I remember earlier in the season they were committed to not blowing everything up, and it, I think that obviously uh, ran its course. It's it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, if you're trading your your captain that's been here for like I said,
1: 15 years, then you know it's it's, it's a thousand tough. games. Yeah, a thousand games, and you know he's been here. I mean, through through everything, man. Like you said, through the ups, or the downs, he's been here. Uh, Stanley Cup run in 2010, and he was there. Um, you know, he's 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 most games played as a captain in, in Philadelphia history. So, I mean, you know, a, a, as good as it gets in terms of legends in Philadelphia. Um, but like I said, once you once you trade him, you you kind of know it's it's start to it's time to you know retool and rebuild.
0: Michael Layton, Brian Boucher, uh, Ilya Brzgalov, Sergei yeah. Bobrovsky.
1: He's been through uh, it all, man.
0: Brian Elliott. <laughs> uh, do I really have to? Do I have to keep going? I don't. Please I don't. At like least don't I believe, yeah, don't. But it, this, that's what I'm getting at. It's it's. He was there through a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the like trade we- of Sergey Bobrovsky. <laughs>
1: I mean, like you said, too, you know, a lot of goods, but also a lot of beds. Um, You know, a lot of up and down years. Um, yeah, I think the Flyers were like the first team ever to make the playoffs and then not make the playoffs back to back. Like, you know, like every year they're – every other year they're in and every other year they're out. I don't know. They're just a weird team in general. Um, but, you know, they're finally deciding that this is the time.
2: Well –
0: Hopefully, the next few years are what they use to uh, retool. Um, But something had to happen, so let's just hop on board for the ride, you know? That's our saying. Yeah, we'll be there for it. With that cliche, I have nothing left. What do you say, Chippy? You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports
2: experience.
0: Let's get in the huddle. Talk some off season birds, baby.
2: Go, Go birds. birds. Go birds. Go birds. 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 So, Zach Paschal. Yeah. I don't love it. I thought we were going to make some big splashes. Okay, so that's that's really it. I mean,
1: I I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with signing, honestly. I think he uh, you know, he didn't play much last year. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. But in the past, uh, he's shown that, you know, he could be a solid uh, slot option. He could be a solid red zone option. Um, You know, he's not coming in to be your number one, number two guy. Um, You know, he's going to compete for that number three, number four spot. Um, he's a guy that knows the offense. He knows Sirianni well, he's played with him before. So I think it's just a guy who's coming in on a cheap deal and, you know, it's going to be a good guy for the, for the locker room and, um,
0: you know, just a guy that knows what he's doing and has experience as of right now, so long as they don't draft anyone in the, um, in the first round. It's looking like it's going to be Devontae Smith on the outside, WR one, and then Quez Watkins on the outside on the other end. Uh, as of right now, yeah. Uh, you probably put Rager in the slot unless Pascal outperforms him.
1: Yeah, they'll probably interchange. You know, they'll they'll have Pascal out there. They'll have Rager out there. Um, they could throw Pascal on the outside if they wanted to. They could throw Rager on the outside if they wanted to. So, um. But that's, you know, that's if they don't do
0: anything in the draft, which I would be surprised if they didn't. Let's act as if they don't. Um, I, w- I want to ask your opinion on something. Howie has a history of playing someone who probably shouldn't be playing just because he drafted them early. Uh, would you see that happening with Jalen Rager, even if he starts to um Jalen Rager next year? Yeah,
1: I, I think Rager going to get playing time no matter what. I think uh, Howie's not ready to give up on him. Um. And, uh, you know, even if we draft even if we a receiver, um, I think he's still going to give Rager opportunities. So uh, whether people like it or not, I think Rager is going to see the field.
0: It's not the fact that I don't want him to see the field. It's just that after shortcoming, after shortcoming, after shortcoming, after mistake, after mistake, after just hard performance over and over again, at what point do you say, just sit down for a week, kid? And I know we're looking... At this from long away, and Chippy's probably got like 85 mock drafts sitting under his bed because he does them all on paper. I don't. He does, I, I swear to you, he has a bunch of papers where he writes down names, looks up their stats, and then their high schools as well. I don't do that, but all right. He's lying to you. I don't. I don't know anyone's high school in the in
1: the
2: draft this year. You don't know anyone's high school. Like, where they went to high school. Yeah, I don't I don't know where they went. And
0: just pull out the sheets under your bed, bro. I can't because I don't have any. Damn. It was worth a shot. He usually has them, so he's got them hidden somewhere. The but... <laughs> dog. No, I, I am looking forward to the draft, though. Are you really that convinced, Uh, since they only signed Pascal, that they're going to go after another wide receiver? And do you think it would be the first round or the second?
1: I mean, you, I mean, you have three picks in the first round. I think if you,
0: if you really like the talent
1: in this year's draft class – you know, at the receiver position. I think, I think not signing a receiver is fine. I think you can get one, like, you don't have to spend big money on receiver. You can draft one and, and have them be here for four or five years. So, you know, I think, you know, the wide receiver class this year is very deep, uh, like, like it has been the last couple of years. So, you know, you can get starters in the second, third, maybe even fourth round, you know, and they, they can be solid contributors. So, Um, I think the Eagles have done their due diligence on the receiver position, uh, as they do every year, it seems. Um, and I think they like what they see, especially in the, in, you know, with the depth of it. And I think they didn't, they realized, okay, we don't have to spend big money on a top receiver in free agency. We can wait to the draft and potentially get, you know, a, a superstar in the making
0: that we draft. So
1: relax there. I'm just saying it could happen, but
0: you no. Know, look, it, it the, the reason that it worries me with the draft, and I see what you're saying, and it makes sense. But when have when has a certain someone not tried to be the biggest brain in the NFL, and when has it not blown up in said person's face twice? <laughs>
1: Well, when he's trying to when he's trying to be the smartest guy in the room, yeah, it's blown up. But I think he's realized his mistakes, and I think
0: I think uh, Jeffrey Lurie pulled him in the office and said, "Hey, you're gonna go with that board that these guys made together, and you're yeah. gonna like it. You could do everything else, though."
1: Yeah, and that's fine. Uh, I think they're they're realizing that, um, you know, they realized Howie's mistakes, and I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, Howie hasn't done. You know, hasn't made good picks
0: in the past. Like I think our biggest rag on how, well, first off, I we have always said he's good at restructuring deals. He's good at signing people. He's yeah. been pretty solid at his trades that he makes to make them work out. He's really good with the cap. His talent evaluation is the reason why everyone hates him. In my
1: opinion, it's, it's the J.J. or think of Whiteside and the Jalen Rager picks. That's it. Back and to back. Baby Jalen Hurts, too. But even now, because Jalen Hurts is a the starter, then not really, and we're seeing how Carson Wentz turned out, so that's looking better every day. But the, those two in particular are the reason people hate Howie.
2: Yeah, I, I don't even think
0: it was the Jalen Hurts pick. That no, I I, I got to say my at my disliking time, yes. of Howie Roseman was solidified with the Jalen Rager pick.
1: Listen, at the time, Jalen Hurts was a bad pick, but in hindsight, it wasn't a bad pick because. Like I said, now we're seeing what Wentz is doing. And he apparently saw that Wentz wasn't the same guy as he was. And, you know, he, he decided the draft hurts, uh, to be that potential, you know, the potential replacement for him. And now here he is. So,
0: no, I'm I'm saying my personal decline with Howie was first with JJ. And then after that, when we picked Rager, I almost lost my top and we were on the phone. You know, I almost lost my top.
1: Yeah, the JJ pick. I think uh, at the time we weren't upset, obviously. But uh, you know, obviously how guys turned out and how JJ turned out.
0: Obviously, it's not a great. It's not a good pick. Obviously. I remember asking you who but when the, he got drafted, but I wasn't like super PO'd.
1: Yeah, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. Uh, but the Jalen Rager pick. Yeah, that was the, that was. I mean, it just it just didn't make sense. I mean, everything. You know, if you were watching the draft at the time. You know, the screen was on Justin Jefferson. He was on the phone. You know, the Eagles were about to pick. They're like, all right, here we go. We're getting Jefferson. And it wasn't. So it just didn't make sense. And I think Howie definitely was trying to be, you know, the smartest guy in the room. And he's like, you know, I-, I know what you guys are saying, but I think I am really high on this guy. And it, obviously it didn't work out. So, you know, but other than that, he's had some pretty decent drafts. Like this past draft, for example the first three picks in my opinion are great Devonte Smith great pick Landon Dickerson should be on the line should be your starter at left guard or center if you want him to be for the next 10 years at least uh Milton Williams is a great you know could potentially replace you know the likes of Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave in the future um you know I mean he was a good he was especially down the stretch he was very solid um I'm not saying he's gonna start right away but he's he's a good rotational guy and could eventually become the starter at defensive tackle so and that's, you know, not to mention the depth that we got later in the draft as well. So, um, you know, um, you know, the 2020 drafts, obviously, Jalen Rager didn't work out. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's our starter right now. So, you know, he may not he may not be the guy for the future, but he's our starting quarterback right now. You got us to the playoffs. Um, So, you know, I know I know people don't love Howie. i'm also in that boat i'm not a huge fan but he has done he has done good things and you can't just blame him you know for just the bad stuff he's done good stuff too
0: no I, again i i think that at least you and i have been consistent that everything else has been great yeah except except the draft historically and i i remember for two whole years me and you talked about how he would how he would go on these analytical rambles, and it would be like it, 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 there are two talent levels. There's the, and I hate to use the two, but there's Jefferson and there's Rager. Both of them were very
2: obvious. One of them was a second round, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe late second, early third round pick,
0: and it 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 didn't make sense, and it seemed like a move that was made by some analytic nerd that had no idea what they were talking about. And that's GM. I mean, like, come on, you can't look like an idiot like that. When the next team that picks after you starts laughing in your face, you probably should have realized
2: that you messed up. Oh, God. It was a bad pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, you
0: know, too, I understand where you're coming from, playing devil's advocate and all, but uh, no matter what he does good, those picks are probably the most important for the future. Um. We haven't picked well enough. And, yes, I agree. Last year's draft was – it was definitely a turn in the right direction. Something changed. Something big changed. Don't know what it was. But uh, we need to keep going on. Uh, We need to keep drafting well.
1: He needs to keep this up,
0: man, especially in this year's draft with three first-round picks. If you have three first-round picks and you botch them, and that's why I'm getting so worried and I'm anxious and I'm paranoid about it.
2: But Should like, I be? Or am I just being nuts?
1: Well, I mean, you're nuts in general. So... I mean, like, am I being extra nuts? A little bit, yeah. You see I what mean, you do I to think, me? Howard? No. <laughs> I mean, that's with everything in your life, though. Like, you've been talking about taking your tests for the last month now, and it's... You know, you're freaking out about it, but... um, Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of pressure is on Howie, because there's... like Like we said, there's three first-round picks, and there's still a lot of needs on your team. You know, you've done some good things in free agency, um, but there is still a lot of need, especially on defense. In my opinion, you know, you still have a need, a huge need at linebacker. I still think you think, I still think you could draft an edge because son, is going to play that hybrid linebacker edge role. So you still could draft an edge, uh, edge, edge rusher. Um, You still, you, you could use depth defensive tackle, in my opinion. And I, I mean, you need a corner and you need a safety in my opinion. So, you know, every every aspect of your defense, you know, you could add to it. Um and you know, you have three first round picks and, you know, one in the second, one in the third. So you have you have the picks to do it. So, um and, and this year's draft especially, it's just there's a lot of good there's a lot of really, really good talent. There's not, you know, it's not as, you know, there's there's not this clear cut number one guy. Um, you know, you know, I've seen a lot of people Put Aiden Hutchinson at the number one spot. I've seen people put Kayvon Thibodeau at the number one spot. I've seen people put Evan Neal at the number one spot. I've seen Ika McQuanu at the number one spot. So you just don't know. I mean, this is the first year in a long time where you just don't know the first overall, like you, the first overall pick months in advance. Like last year, obviously, was Trevor Lawrence. The year before, obviously, Joe Burrow. You know, the year before was obviously uh, Kyler Murray. So this is the first year. You got a point there. Yeah. So there's a lot of really, I mean, and there is a a lot of really good talent, um, but just not a clear cut number one guy. So, you know, and and this is a draft to fill your holes, you know, especially on defense because there's a lot of good defensive players in this draft Um, and you could get a really good player where we pick. And even the second round too, you can get a a good quality starter. So this is definitely a, a high pressure draft for him and, uh hopefully he can he can continue on the success of last year's draft and you know fill the
0: holes that we need to. So let's tell the people what they really want to know. When should we start to expect chippy mock drafts and chippy draft conversations? I mean I could talk about the draft all day, but I, I mean uh, like realistically. Come on, Dan.
1: I mean I mean you could whenever you want. Whenever people want the mock draft, I'll I'll make it.
0: All right, so we're gonna go with one every week from next Monday until the draft. Alright, I can do that. So we'll we'll put that out with our episode and then I'll just freak out about the whole thing because I'm a paranoid ass. Mm. Indeed. All right. Moving forward, the Phillies. They're making some moves. They are. Schwarber, Castellanos. Uh, Harper, uh, Harper, uh, Hoskins missed arbitration. Yep. Um, who else did they sign? They signed Brad hand. They re-signed, they signed Juris Familia, but we talked about that last week. Yep. Uh, they're over the luxury tax. I, I think there's not much more to say Then this is going to be interesting. It's going to be going very to be a fun one. It should be. Hopefully. Um,
1: you know, I say this every year I'm excited for the Phillies, but, you know We've seen how that came to fruition last year And the year prior and the year before that Anyway, um But yeah, man, I'm excited Uh, you know, the, the, their, on paper Their lineup is really, really good Um, you know, John Middleton Finally did what he said he was gonna do And, uh You know, he went he over danced the around
0: it for a little bit, but he did. I'm glad he did. he
1: did it But, uh, you know He signed Schwarber to, a, I think a th- Three, four-year deal.
0: Uh, uh, oh, you. it was a four-year deal. I'm sorry. Cassianos
1: five.
2: Cassianos
1: uh, five. five, five-year, hundred mil, right? Cassianos, five-year, hundred mil. I think I think Schwarber was four for seventy-nine. Uh, and if I'm wrong, you know, just that's fine. Um, but it's definitely Schwarber's definitely three or four. I know that, but and uh Cassians is definitely five. So, um, you know, we have these guys for the foreseeable future. We still have Harper you know, under contract. So we just, we signed Real Muto last year. So, you know, your core guys are still here. Um, so, you know, and this is the time to do it,
0: man. Um, Middleton this could applied. also be the year that uh, Nick Maton and Bryson Stott step yeah. up. Yeah, especially
1: Stott, man. I think, uh, you know, Gregorius is definitely on his last leg. Um, you know, we, we saw that last year. Um, they might even trade him. Who knows? Uh, this year, but, uh, I think I'll
0: be honest with you. I think that the universal DH is going to help the NL, the NL so much. Oh, Uh, when you look at the younger guys, they're going to get much more opportunity to play the field and bat. Absolutely. For sure.
1: And I think, you know, people, I understand why people wouldn't like it, you know? Um, but I think it's just, it it helps, like you said, it helps the young guys so much. And it helps guys, you know, even older guys, even older guys to, you know, aren't what they used to be in the field. They can just, you know, worry about hitting, um, I think it gives the Phillies a lot of flexibility. I think you could put Schwarber in the DH. You can obviously put Harper in the DH and play Castellanos in right, Schwaber in left. Um, you know, you could, yeah, you, know, you could put, um, you know, JT in, in the DH spot, give him some days off at, at the catcher spot. Uh, you could have Hoskins bat in the DH and put Schwarber at first because he did that last year with the Red Scott uh, Red Sox a little bit. He played some first for them. Um, so there's so many, there's so many. Interchangeable parts in this lineup, and I think you can keep everyone fresh. Um, and I, I think it's just going to be a really good lineup. Um, but you know, the lineup has been good in the past. It's just going to be on the pitching at this point now. Um, and I think the going to be on the hitting even more. Well, it's going to be on the hitting, yeah. But I think that especially the bullpen has to hold up. Um, that's been our that's been literally the Phillies' Achilles heel for the last three four years now is the bullpen. So
0: or you could um, just out slug everyone by like fourteen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to do every night, you know. But, uh, you know, I mean, with this lineup, you definitely have a better shot. um, But the Phillies have definitely tried to invest in the bullpen. Um, I like the signing of Juris Familia. I mean, obviously, Corey Kniebel, before the lockout happened, was a a really good signing. Um, I like Brad Hand, even though he struggled last year. I think he can bounce back. Um, And then guys we've already got, like Sir Anthony's coming back from Tommy John a few years ago.
0: He had a nice outing day in spring training.
1: He did. He did. So he looked good out there. Um, so I think the bullpen can be good. It's just, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and I think the rotation is going to be fine. If, if Nola can bounce back uh, from what he did last year, if Wheeler can keep up what he did last year, uh, if Suarez can keep up what he did last year. I mean, we still have Gibson under contract. He was good for them. Uh, he was pretty good for them down the stretch. So um, I think your rotation is fine. It's just all going to come down to the bullpen, and if they can hold up, and uh, that's going to be everything for them.
0: All right, I think that's all we got for the Phils for now. You know, it's still spring training, so until the season starts, it's going to be kind of quiet at this point, unless some crazy move that we didn't expect happens. A couple of weeks away, baseball will be officially back. Baseball. Yeah, I didn't think it would happen, but here we are, and I love it. The Sixers. Okay, um, they've been struggling a bit of late. Like I, I'm going to give them their props for beating Miami without Embiid or Harden, but what is your biggest thing? What is going on? Like for me, I, I see their transition defense and the, something's just wrong. Yeah,
1: I just think it's their defense in general. I think they're giving up way too many easy shots. I think they're not. Their pick and roll defense is atrocious. It always has been. and always will be. Um. Their trend, like you said, their trends in defense has not been good. But overall, their defense has just been not good. Um, I think they have to do something. Um, you know, I I mean, every team does the pick and roll. So, I mean, you know, they just have to do a better job of doing that. And they, they can't give up so many easy shots and layups and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm not really big on the defensive side uh you know for basketball so i'm not really i mean they could you know i mean man to man is obviously the way to go um unless you're facing not a team that can't shoot then you go zone obviously but i don't know it's just guys you know the g- guys got to be better on defense um you know they have to be willing to to play defense they have to be willing to switch um they have to be willing to 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 defend bigger guys than them or smaller guys than them at sometimes so I just think they're giving up way too many easy shots. And, um, you know, when you do that, obviously it's going to be tough to win.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it seems like the other uh, the opposing teams are just shooting the lights out from the three as well. So I don't know. Look, when you talk about perimeter defense, sometimes you just got to say, oh, well, not every single shot's going to go down, but every single shot is going down.
1: I mean, when you give them wide open looks, they're obviously going to hit them because that's all they, you know, that's all they do in practice is shoot. You just shoot with nobody in their face. So, you know, these guys are professional players. They're going to hit open shots. So, you know, you can't, you
0: can't just leave them wide open. Um, so, know. what's what's the biggest uh, cog that's going on right now? Like, what, what is uh, what is holding them up from being able to at least stop a couple of these shots on the outside? Well, they just got to be more aggressive on
1: defense. You know, they 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 got to fight through screens. They got to fight through the pick and roll. Um, you know, they got to try to get their hands on the ball and try to deflect and stuff. Um, I just think they're not being as aggressive on defense. Um, I think they're, you know, allowing teams to to screen them and they're not getting around the screen fast enough. And, you know, that's just one of many things they could they could do better. But just aggressiveness on defense, I think is the biggest thing.
0: All right, well, that makes a lot of sense, and I agree with you. But let's move on to the Heat and the Sixers game. Um, there are three players that really stuck out. Tyrese Maxey, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, um, the young savior of Philadelphia. Shake Milton. Yeah. And Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah. Now, I'm going to leave Shake for last. Okay. We already we already talk enough about Maxey, so I'm not even going to talk about him. Furcon, this could have been, this could be a breakthrough game for him. Yeah. He has struggled all year long. There was a point where he made, like, uh, he hadn't made a three in almost a month or a month.
2: Yeah. 17 points last night. 18. 18, excuse me. I'll take it. I really hope
0: that this is the breakthrough where he can finally be a valuable bench piece. I mean, listen, I'll tell you what, if you can get that kind of performance
1: out of Furkan and shake, I mean, listen, I know they're they're not going to play as many minutes with him beating Harden out there, obviously, but when they get, when they do get the opportunity, if they can, you know, if they can seize that opportunity and do that, I think the Sixers will be great because that's their that's their Achilles heel right now the Sixers is their bench
0: against you know, the people, number 1 seed in the east too. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean I mean they didn't, they didn't have anybody out. I don't I don't think. I mean Butler played, Lowry played, Adebayo played, you know, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, I mean they all played.
0: So no, uh, I don't know why I don't really watch much of the Heat, but they attacked Tyler Hero late. They were just putting up shots on him left and right yeah yeah
1: i mean that's that's what you you gotta you gotta realize okay you know we can get open shots on this guy take it um
0: i mean like this is again this is all just from me reading things because i couldn't watch the game but i really wish that i could have however now i also believe that i'm bad luck when i do watch so maybe i shouldn't
1: oh me too yeah i feel the same way but i didn't watch the toronto game so maybe i'm not but anyway um but yeah, I mean, if they find a weakness on their defense, you know, they got to attack it and, and take advantage of it until they make an adjustment. So, um, and like I was saying, if if you can get that kind of performance from Shake and Furcon every night, along with Niang off the bench, along with Danny Green off the bench, who actually pre- played pretty well in that game as well, um, we're gonna be fine because, you know, we know what the starting lineup can do. You know, we know how good they can be. If our bench can start playing well you know we're one of the scariest teams in the league if that's the case so i mean these last you know the last couple of games before the heat game the bench has been brutally bad like really really bad um so i think if they can if this is the game where they start to figure it out by all means let's go because if our bench can play like that it's going to be tough to beat us
0: if we get alive shake and furkan yeah and DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap, yep. who can play quality minutes and not be useless yeah. during those minutes. Yeah. As you said before, that is scary. For sure. Absolutely. And, like, I, I know both of those players are capable of not being useless, but sometimes it feels that way. So I don't, I don't yeah. want people giving I mean, me slack for that.
1: You know, when Furkan's going 0-4 or 0-5 every game from three... You're pretty useless because he's not. I mean, you know, he's definitely improved as a defender, but he's still not a great defender. You know, I, I was, was
0: more insinuating Paul Millsap and DeAndre Jordan, but oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, but they know their roles. You know,
1: especially DeAndre Jordan, he's not going to be a guy who scores.
0: His roles to literally get rebounds, and I think he get rebounds,
1: get rebounds and catch lobs. That's really it, and you know, block a few shots. That's let literally what DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, is here to to do. Um, so you know. If he can do that, that's great. If Furcon can continue this, if Shake can continue this, I think we're gonna be very a very scary team.
0: We need many more Shake
1: games. We do.
0: We do. Yes. Well that, we that Shake game was fun, Shake. I mean, come on, like that was if we're gonna sit here and lie, that was that was pretty cool. If we could do it like, I don't know, a lot more, I'd be like, Shake. Yeah. The, the slander would go away. Yep, for sure. San I don't San even think I've ever slandered Shake. I just said he's the most inconsistent player. Oh, he is. Yeah, he is. However, I may have slandered him, but I doubt it. Eh, nah, we probably did. And it, it, dude, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of get... NBA Twitter's weird, man. Oh, it's toxic. It's just toxic. It um, to- Like, what, what me and you might consider slander is, like, child's play to oh, NBA yeah. Twitter. Dude, people get death threats on Twitter. <laughs> they started going after Russell Westbrook harder after he said to stop calling him something (laughs) West brick. They called him. (laughs) All right. Well, look, you can't say that because now everyone else is going to say that, but uh, they took it to a whole new level. Well, I mean, he
1: shot, you know, since, I mean, I I think I saw a stats since the all-star break, Russell Westbrook is shooting 9% from three. The last three games. He's at 50%. Okay. There you go. Then that's fine. If you if you don't be called Westbrook anymore, start doing that. But if you're shooting nine percent for a month, then yeah, you're you know you got to expect to be called something.
0: Um, Heat and Twitter fact, I
1: thought it was, was Westbrook, not something worse.
0: Heat Twitter was coming at us real hard before they lost. Well, that's just heat. That's the Heat Twitter anyway. Uh, heat Twitter scares me. I'm frightened. I don't. I don't you talk. You know what your Twitter. Twitter is.
1: Huh? Sixers Twitter, Sixers Twitter especially is every time the Sixers win, they think they're unstoppable.
0: But whenever they lose, they pack. good lord. No, yeah, we we just got like destroyed. Yeah, A black hole opened up.
1: Like after the Toronto game, All I saw was how much the bench sucked.
2: We're after after the Heat game,
1: and then after the Heat game, they're like, oh, we're we're winning the championship. <laughs> I mean that's Sixers Twitter. Like we may be toxic at times, but there's definitely other like other teams Twitter
0: who are way more toxic than us. Nets Twitter is just delusional. Oh my god. Yeah, well that's Heat Twitter is scary in the, the I, I don't uh, imagine walking into a park and there's a guy dressed as Michael Myers. Um I would expect that person to have a heat jersey on. Wow. And they're on their phone waiting for you to tweet something. And if you oh. don't tweet something, they'll find something that you tweeted.
1: Oh, yeah. They'll go back. They'll go back generations.
0: 16 years. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, you, four you, years and four eight, score ago. When I you don't were even eight years saying, old.
1: But. When you were eight years old, you said this.
0: Uh, When you were three years old, you asked where the heat played. And I can't believe you didn't know. <laughs> How did you not know all of America's geography? Yeah. At three. Like, what's wrong with you? I know, right? God, you disgust me. Sixers fans, man, I swear. <laughs> That's what some of it looks like. It's like that. <laughs> and some of it's just really mean. I, I don't even, I don't engage. I just read. There's a lot of mean people on Twitter, man. A lot of mean people. a lot of mean mean people everywhere. People just don't act it to your face, and they do yeah. it back.
1: Yeah, The, I mean, the internet is a is a way for people to, to vent their frustration and their toxicity without, you know, having to put a face on somebody. So,
0: Face. Yeah, it's all about the face. It is indeed. Anyways, moving forward. I don't know how the rest of the night's going to go. But the rest of the night, the rest of the schedule, rather. Uh, but. I'm going to be seeing the Sixers play the Pacers. I'll be there, and I will be drinking heavily. Mm. Um, I don't condone it, however. Um, I, I I have my final the week before, and I need to celebrate it somehow. So, is that fair? Can I indulge? Am I allowed? I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. Don't tell me what to do. In me, I don't know.
2: I, I I just work bri- here.
0: No. I just work here. Same. Well, anyways, um, I have a. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Flyers again because I feel like the intro did it justice. Nothing really to talk about that. I Yeah. Want to
1: add. Well, I will say this: if you didn't see Gritty's tweet about just like him saying goodbye to Claude Giroux, go watch it if you want to cry. Because I legitimately teared up.
0: Yeah, it was bad.
1: It was. It was.
0: It was bad. It was um. It was bad. It was bad. However, I'm not going to give gritty the time of day right now again, because until we turn it around, I guess I have to. I have to. Not. Well, I don't want to. Disre- I'm not disrespecting gritty. I have to just. You may have to wait.
1: It. You may. You may have to wait years for them to turn it around. If I'm being
0: honest. I know. But,
1: I mean, we're in it now. You know, we're, we're. This is it. It's official. We're in rebuild mode. We're in we're in Sam Hinkie mode. All
2: right, well, let's rebuild in silence. Let's have a moment of silence. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Just a moment. Just a moment. Anyways,
0: <sighs> Chippy, uh, we had one hell of a tournament this weekend, didn't we? Saint Pete. They're coming, man. St. Peter. What is the Peacocks? Yeah, they're they're some small college in like Jersey City, I think.
1: Uh shout out to St. Peter's. My uncle apparently went there. Did not know that before the tournament started, but uh here we are. So shout out to my uncle. You're not probably listening, but you went to St. Peter's. So
0: we were also, watching the
1: uh also Kentucky shout out to game. Iowa State. Uh sorry to interrupt, but so, shout out to Iowa State, Isaiah Brockington, he went to my high school. So
0: He's also in the Sweet 16. Well, they are. Uh, but anyways, you were saying? Am I, am, I, am I good? Yeah, you're good. Okay. The Kentucky game. Yes. Every single time it felt like they were turning around uh, and losing, they mm-hmm. would score. And I would just be like, St. Peter's. They kept creeping up and creeping up, and then they took the lead, and then the, the overtime – Good Lord God, that guy, that guy, Doug Eddert. dude, the, the
1: mustache God, dude, he, uh, dude, match. he couldn't miss. Oh, he was, he, dude, he was unconscious.
0: Dude, every single shot, i like I was like, give it, give it to, give it, give it to number twenty-five, what's his face, stash. that was the mustache. Yep. And if I'm going to act like I knew who anyone on St. Peter's was, I'd be lying to you (laughs) because I had no idea. Well, now I I think in last week's episode, I was just like, if St. Peter's wins, I'd be shocked. Literally shocked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. But I mean, listen, I feel like it happens every year where just a team you were the last team you expected does good. That's true. Like who expected that year? The Loyola Chicago went to the final four. Who expected that? No one expected UCLA last year either. Exactly. Same thing. UCLA was 11 last year, and they played in the first four, by the way, last year, too, and they made it to the final four.
0: So I I have one question for you, and this is to go away from St. Peter's because I'll go through the Sweet 16 before we finish up. Did you see the Arizona TCU game? I didn't see the whole thing.
1: Uh, I saw the, the very end of it. The highway robbery that took place? I did not see that, no.
0: When was that? So, TCU's bringing the ball up, and okay. the Arizona defender pretty much tackled their okay. guard, got the ball, and the ref didn't call anything, and they scored. And oh. went up 85 to, I think, 80. That was the game. Damn. I mean, like, they, look, they could have missed a shot, but like, it was clearly a foul, <laughs> at least yeah. in my mind. That's Watching scary. it live, it was definitely a foul. And I didn't watch any replays because I'm a man of, you know... I can Also, speaking of the Phillies, I was going to say uh, I pride myself as a man of faith <laughs> as there's a deep drive to laugh by Castellanos. Stop, stop dude. I... <laughs> We're going to hear a lot of that this year. Don't bring
1: that curse to Philadelphia. Though. No,
0: no, 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 not that curse I'm talking about. It's, that, that's not a curse. That's the most iconic broadcasting line in all of oh. baseball.
1: <laughs> and it happened twice, didn't it? Like, they were talking about something, like, really bad, and Nick Nick Castellanos just decided to hit a home run.
0: Oh, my God. It was someone who passed away. They were honoring him, and he hit a home run. (laughs) The first time, it was about the announcer who said – Yeah, the announcer said something really uh, vulgar." I don't even know what the – Tom Brennan, I think. I don't know what he said, but
1: apparently it was really bad.
0: Very bad on
1: air, and they came back, and he was like – he realized what he said. He's like, oh, my God, they heard that. So he was issuing his apology, and Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the
0: Cassianos. I pride ball myself ball. as a man of faith. As there's yeah. a drive to deep left by Cassianos, <laughs> that'll be a home run, and it'll be a four nothing ball game. <laughs> and it
1: was like, I think it was like a week or two later. They were talking about someone who
0: passed in yeah, the middle. That's what that like, was. I think it was. Uh, they were I'm remembering mistaken, it might have been an play
1: against the Royals. They were they were remembering whoever passed and in the middle of their like tribute to them Nick Castellanos in another home run. I mean it's
0: not funny but you have to giggle at least a little bit I mean it's uh,
1: just you know it's just funny man I mean <laughs> the most inopportune times for Nick Castellanos a home run he did and you know he secretly knew
0: look uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just going to never listen to the Phillies while I'm in the car yeah because if I ever hear um, Nick Castaionis is to the plate and there's a drive, I'm out. <laughs> I might just jump out the vehicle. Yeah, 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 so. But anyways, back to the tournament. So let's go through the Sweet 16. Okay. And we'll see what the surprises really were. All right. In the West, we got Gonzaga and Arkansas. And Texas Tech and Duke.
1: You got the top four seeds in that in that uh in that region. Um, I
0: Yeah. I was going to say that's probably the only bracket that played out the way it should have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gonzaga, they they got scared by Memphis. You know, Memphis had them, had them, uh, you know, they made them work for it, but uh, Gonzaga. If, ultimately,
0: if Georgia Southern uh, didn't lose their two, uh, two better players. Uh, pretty sure that would have look, I don't think they would have won, but it would have been within about five to 10 point game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Memphis Memphis played a really really uh really good game, but uh Gonzaga came out on top and um you know, same thing with Duke, same thing with Duke, Michigan State. Uh Michigan State had a lead, I believe, and then Duke came back and made a run and they came back and won, but um yeah. So, I'm you know, I'd be really, you know, no discredit to D- Texas Tech or Arkansas, but I would love to see a game between
2: Gonzaga and Duke. I think that'd be a great game. Let's go to the East. This is probably the most thrilling
0: bracket. Mm. North Carolina, UCLA. Yeah. Purdue and St.
1: Peter's. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, man, that's, that's surprising. Uh, North Carolina over Baylor and obviously St. Peter's over first Kentucky and then Murray state who only lost two games all year, by the way. Um, so yeah, man, St. Peter's, uh, they, they're they playing un- unbelievably well right now. Um, but, uh, man, I would love to see a, a matchup between Purdue and UCLA. I think that'd be a really good game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty highly on, on both Purdue and UCLA, UCLA, um, in my bracket, in my prediction bracket, I actually had UCLA and Purdue in the elite eight. So, um, that would be a good matchup. Also a good matchup would be, uh, purdue and and north carolina but if listen man if st peter's can make another run i mean that's that would be fantastic as well so
0: nobody roots for the big guy come on yeah yeah so you know and and by that i mean i will never root for north carolina ever so yeah i guess um okay so boy before we move on
1: can i just say this? someone tweeted the logo to north carolina and said what do you think of like what's the first name you think of when you see this logo, it's a North Carolina logo, and Chris Shaggin says, can I put myself?
0: <laughs> <laughs> So myself? Um, no, I was actually going to comment on um, North Carolina. <clears throat> so, the teams they played before, Baylor, yeah, um, I was shocked. They almost came back. Yeah. So, let's not act like this was a rout. Yeah. Um, I do think North Carolina is a very talented and capable team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think that they're going to be able to make it deep. I, I don't see it, and I, I could be wrong. I I haven't – I watched the game. They looked amazing yeah. and then collapsed, and then that ejection happened, and it got real bad. Yeah. So I don't know just yet, but I, I think Purdue – Purdue's a really solid team. I think UCLA is a team that they really haven't seen before. I I like UCLA's playing style against them. Yeah. And I think St. Peter's is St. Peter's. I mean, I'm going to root for them no matter what, so. (laughs) I am, too. I am, too. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. All right, let's move south. Arizona and Houston. Mm Mm-hmm. And Michigan-Villanova revenge game. Yeah. Yeah. So Arizona, Houston, let me, let me start there. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this last week. I didn't pick them, but I mentioned this. It all depends on how well Houston plays defensively. Yep. And Houston's defense has been lights out. Mm-hmm. Houston could very well make it to the final four.
1: Yeah, man. Houston played really, really well against Illinois, man. They, they they really shut them down. Um, you know, Illinois had nothing that had no answers. Um, I will say Houston's offensively wasn't great, but they, they were able to scrape by. because um, their But their defense, like you said, was really, really good. Um, so if they can do that against
0: Arizona, man, uh, I agree. I think they have, a, they have a really good shot to to make a deep run. I think a defensive team matches up really well against Arizona. Yep. So it, it's all matchups. It really is all matchups. And I don't know. I, I don't know what their percentage chance to win is, but – yeah. it's got to be about 50, I don't know, 55, 45. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me look it up. I, I got to get it right. I mean, he, listen, Houston is a good team, man.
1: I mean, they were, you know, they were, I think they were right for most of the season, if not the whole season. Um, But, you know, I mean, like you said, defense,
0: they're they a really huh. just, just solid defensive team. Um, Houston is projected to win. Really? This is through ESPN. I'm on the tournament app. The tournament challenge app, I think it's called. 59.2% chance Houston. Interesting. 40.8% chance Arizona.
2: Wow. Okay. And then the big game for you, boy. Villanova Wildcats versus Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, man,
1: Michigan, uh, Michigan is doing it yet again. Um, yeah. Listen, man, I you know I like Villanova in the game, but I hate to just say it. Don't be surprised if Michigan can pull it out. I mean, I you know I think Michigan's size really helps them, um, especially Hunter Dickinson being over seven foot. Um, you know, Villanova's tallest guy being Dixon, who's only six eight. So you know that can play a factor. Um, you know, it depends on how well Villanova shoots from 3. Um, it depends on, you know, Villanova playing good defense. So, we'll
0: see what happens. Should be a good game, but
1: um, you know, I don't want to make you upset here, but don't be surprised if Michigan pulls it out.
0: It, no, it it's the tournament. Any game can any team can win. I don't see that yeah. happening though. And okay. the reason why is cuz guard play is what wins in the tournament. Okay. It's historically won in the tournament. Uh, even the Baylor team last year that had size had amazing guard play and amazing ball movement. Um, yep. It had clutch shooting. It had amazing free throw shooting. And that's everything that Villanova has this year. Okay. Michigan doesn't. Now I'm not saying they're not a talented team and a seven footer is great, but what about when your six foot eight guy can go out to the three point line, draw out your seven footer and leave the lane open for someone else to drive in. That is true. That is true.
1: As a, as a, yes, that is a valid, valid point. So, so,
0: again, it's the tournament. Anything could happen. Yep. I'm going to root for my team. And that's, yeah, me too. I am too. That's actually, like, I'm telling you I'm biased. So, yeah. take my opinion for what it may, but the one, the, those points that I just made are all valid.
1: Oh, they're valid. Yeah, 100%. For
0: sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm still going to be rooting for Villanova, obviously. Um, But, you know, anything could happen. Then let's move Midwest. And we have Kansas and Providence. Um, look, I, I love the fact that Providence is being so gritty. And they've really put people who said that they can't make it this far down. Yeah. But I think this is where the train stops. Okay. Um, I think Kansas, um, Kansas, you know, the, the way you said Michigan has size and uh, great talent. I think Kansas legitimately would steamroll um, most of the teams that are left. Okay. In, uh, potentially including Villanova. Yeah. On a good day, <laughs> and like when I say that, I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Um, I I see this being a
1: murder fest. Okay. So you like you? Okay. So you you feel that confidently about
0: Kansas? Okay. Look, and again, it's the tournament. Providence could come out and play the best game they've ever played in their lives. Yeah. And I'm gonna root for it. I don't care if my bracket sucks. I just want a good tournament. Yeah. I mean, well, my bracket's been busting since the first you know, like hour of the the tournament. So it's fine. Um, if Villanova makes it to the final four in mine, I win. really. Yep. I believe I had Villanova in the final four. So, um, let's move forward on here. Um, Miami against Iowa state. I called Miami early and you know, I did. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a game that nobody had, uh, for sure. Um, Well, I think I think it was a
0: a seven and ten. It was USC and Miami, but I watched a little bit of Miami this year. They only won by two, but then they took out Auburn.
1: Yeah, I I think they won by almost twenty. Yeah, yeah, they played a really good game. Um, You know, I mean, I've been rooting for Iowa State for all year now. Um, Like I said, you know, the kid who went to my school. So, you know, I I don't know much about them. I, I know. You know, the, the, obviously the kid who went to my school, and they have another good guard who can who can shoot. Um, you know, they have, they have another guy who comes off the bench who can shoot. So that's that's as much as I really know about Iowa State, but I have been rooting for them. So, you know, that should be a good game as well. Um,
0: I also did call Wisconsin either winning all the way or choking in the second.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and yeah, Iowa State, you know, played a really good game against them. Um, so that should be a fun matchup as well You know, team, two teams you probably didn't expect to, to meet In the Sweet 16, but uh, here they are So, so it should be a good one
0: Look, I, I mean, there's there's a lot going on here um, I'm just going to run through what my predictions are You can yeah. disagree with me Feel free to say it I'll give you a couple seconds after is going to beat Arkansas I don't think it's going to be all that close
1: OK, I think, yeah, I, I mean, listen, if 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 Timmy and Holmgren can get going, uh, I think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be easily a Gonzaga win. But if Arkansas can somehow uh, limit those two guys, uh, Arkansas has a decent shot to win. But I think I agree. I think
0: uh, I, I'm going Gonzaga as well. And, you know, too, uh, with Gonzaga, I, I I think Drew Timmy matters the most when he's out on the paint, when, when he's out there and in the paint. Yeah, um, I agree. There are times when he goes out there and can score at will. And that's what Gonzaga needs.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you watch Gonzaga, especially in the first round, you just saw, you know, Drew Timmy every time he was every time every possession. It felt like, you know, he would just go right to the paint. They would give him the ball, and he would make a move in the paint and get an easy layup. So, um, you know, he can he can definitely score with the best of them, and if he gets going, it's going to be hard to stop.
0: Uh, Don't get me wrong, Chad Holmgren is good too, but I think Drew Timmy is the go-to guy, obviously. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we have Texas Tech and Duke. I I actually I have Texas Tech here. Okay. I actually have Texas Tech and I had them in my bracket originally. Yeah, I so, mentioned
1: it earlier I would love to see a matchup between Gonzaga and Duke, uh but yeah, I mean I you know it's it, it's a toss up for me. Um I would like to see Duke make a make a less deep run for for coach K, but um you know anything could happen. So, you know, I'm not going to I don't really know who's going to win. It, it's a toss up for me, but uh just for just for you know entertainment's sake and and uh, for Coach K's sake, I would like to see Duke win. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Duke, but you know it's Coach K's last ride, so
0: um, don't care about Coach K whatsoever. Okay, um, well, I think Texas Tech matches up really well against Duke. Okay, I think historically, even going back to 2016, 2017, Texas Tech has really been a good, uh, solid team that's been put together well. Um, They're steady on defense. They have a solid offensive scheme. And Duke has had good streaks, and they've had bad streaks. And like you said, they came back to win against Michigan State. I think Texas Tech has their number here, and I think Texas Tech's going to take them down. Okay. Uh, UNC, UCLA, UCLA. Yeah, I, I I, I agree. I don't see... I can't see this run keep going uh, for UNC, uh, and I also dislike UNC. <laughs> I don't like Duke or UNC, and I know they hate each other. So take that for what it is. Yeah, I,
1: I I've liked UCLA uh, since the tournament started, even before. Um, you know, UCLA made the final four last year as an 11 seed, and I think they pretty much kept everyone from that team last year. So um, this team knows what it takes to to make a deep run. Um, In my prediction, I actually had them making the Final Four. So, um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm really high on UCLA this year. And I I agree.
0: I think they come out with the win. Purdue and St. Peter's. As much as my mind is telling me Purdue, my heart is telling me St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh I'm in the same boat. I can't tell you what to do here. <laughs> but listen to your heart. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, here's what I'll
1: say about Purdue. You know, I mean, obviously, Jaden Ivey's phenomenal, and and um, I forget the other the other guy's name, number fifty for him. But um, <clears throat> they're they're a really solid team too. I you know, like I said, I had I had UCLA and, and Purdue meeting up in the Elite Eight um, in my prediction bracket. So I I'm high on Purdue as well, but, um, you know, it's March madness, man. Crazier things have happened. And, uh, you know, my, my, definitely my heart wants to say St. Peter. So I'm, I'm not going to say who's going to win, uh, but let's see what happens.
0: Then we have Arizona Houston. I, I am going to go with Houston here. Okay. I, I think if Houston can shut down Arizona's offense, this could be like a forty eight forty four game. It doesn't matter. It's still a win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was um yeah, definitely. If Houston can play uh like you said, if they can play defense at the same level as they did against Illinois and you know, if they could pick up pick up their offense, I think they'll be a really scary team
0: that can make a deep run. Um, uh, Michigan Nova, go cats. cats yeah, go snow. cats,
1: definitely. Like I said, um Nova you know, by six. Nova by six, okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing for, for Nova, like I said, is just the size factor. Um, if they can get over that hump, I think it'll be a, uh, an easy dub for them. I mean, against Ohio state, there's a little bit of a size gap. Yeah, but there wasn't really, there's not really a seven footer who is like the main guy on offense for them. I think that, you know, a lot of things run through Dickinson on that offense. So, um, you know, if, if they can limit him, I think they will be in good shape.
0: I got you. So as, like, before we move on from that, do you, do you think a team that is centered around one really tall guy um, more efficient of a game plan for attack than a team that's just generally bigger than their opponent?
1: Um, I think if you have shooters around the big
0: guy, it definitely helps. So,
1: um, you know, I'm not really familiar with Michigan's entire roster. I'm not, a, not really familiar with them, you know, if they're a, a really good shooting team. Um, I'm sure they've been shooting the ball well as of late because they've won their last two games um so you know if Dickinson can can get his and and they shoot the ball well uh, it's gonna be tough to stop them um but yeah i mean I think if you're if you're just a bigger team in general um I think you gotta you know you gotta be more aggressive in the paint especially um but if you center your offense around your center then you gotta have shooters around them
0: I think Michigan has shooters, but I don't think that their defensive scheme matches up very well against Villanova. I, I think that's yeah, going to be the biggest like said, problem for them.
1: Like and I said, if, if Villanova can shoot like they have been shooting the, these last couple games, I think they'll be fine. Because, um, you know, Villanova is such a good, sh- you know, just shooting team in general, especially Gillespie, uh, especially last game for him. Um, if they can shoot the, the ball the well,
0: the problem with opponents for Villanova, the, the problem of Villanova's opponents is Villanova is very consistent. Yeah. Like they'll miss a shot and then they'll nail three. Yeah, for sure. It's there. There was a point where it was really close against Ohio state and they almost gave up the lead. And then Justin Moore comes down, smacks a three right in their face. Colin Gillespie. Slater. Dixon. Dixon, for the love of God, three. Yeah. And they they just know how to answer their experience and they've been there. I, I really think Jay Wright always has his teams poised to be well, and I know Jawan Howard's a great coach, but I I just not, not Jay Wright. I, I can't I can't see it being like I don't think it's going to be like a they can't stop them game if they lose. Okay. But I hate Michigan. I hate Michigan more than Duke. Man, you hate a lot of teams. I do. Any team. Any team that Villanova plays or that some of my friends support for no reason?
1: Uh, Okay. I mean, they beat North
2: Carolina and Michigan in the national championship, so I don't understand the hatred towards them. Yeah, that's exactly why. But they beat them. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: They're dead to me. Once Villanova beats someone in the national championship, that team goes in a grave. They're dead to me. But they're actually they're both well all three of them are still
1: alive. So no, nope,
0: they're dead. No, nope, they're still in. The, I mean, dead. They're, they're still Kansas there. Kansas, Providence. Okay. Kansas.
1: I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I Kansas is really good, man. I mean, that's, that's that's really all I could say about them. Um, they're a really good team. I mean,
0: Bill Self is a great coach. I uh, think Ed Cooley's a great coach too, but I just yeah. don't think Providence matches up well. Okay. Um. It, look it, again. I like I said, they could come out and play the best game of their lives. I'd still I'd still watch the game. And then Iowa State Miami. I got Miami here. Uh, Iowa State Miami. Okay.
1: I like Iowa State, but that's probably personal bias for me. Um. But you know, we'll see what happens. So. I,
0: I'm not mad about that game. It's an eleven and a ten. Yeah. Yeah. So. Should
1: be a fun one though.
2: Well. I think we've reached our destination. I agree. Go cats. Go cats.
0: Go cats. Go, Cat. go cats. Thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com where you can find all your Philly sports, wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio as well as Google Podcasts. And if we're not on a platform you like, shoot us an email at bandwagon. At gmail dot com, and we will go ahead and hit you back up and see what we can do. Uh, you can also send um, your mailbox questions to us at phlthebandwagon at gmail dot com. You can follow us at the phl bandwagon on Twitter. You can follow me at phl Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at phl Chip Tiernan. We share polls weekly. Uh, we like the interaction, and we're never getting an Instagram. Maybe, maybe we, not. Yeah, we might. It we on might. Facebook, I guess. The PHO bandwagon on Facebook. but um, Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. One of these days, maybe. One of these days. Uh, go to the WEG shop. Get your TBW merch. It'd be pretty, pretty sick to see people walking around with TVW merchandise on. If I ever see it, I would uh, probably ask for a picture with you, and you would not know who I am.
1: Well, you might, because if you're wearing the merchandise, then they might recognize your voice.
0: They might recognize it. Uh, I, uh, Yeah, I guess, maybe. Uh, they might recognize me from some of my horrible takes. My god-awful takes.
2: The takes that somehow make it to your ears each and every week. The horrible, horrible things that I say. Yeah,
1: I apologize for him. I mean, hey, you may disagree with my
0: takes, so. Yeah, I apologize for him. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I had to. You walked right into that. All right. Well, I think we've, like we said, we've reached our destination. We'll
2: see you at the next stop. Go. Parts. Come on. Parts. Hey, Chip. Stop. Don't even, no. Don't even say it. Greg Murphy got a promotion.